Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Yes, uh, before I become a giant party pooper, I wish you all a very happy new year. Amen. You know, people probably think sometimes that that's, that's my purpose, to be a giant party pooper. It really isn't. What I do is two things. I operate in the truth, and I flee from religion. See, now everybody thinks that today, and the reason why I do this, the reason why I say this is to actually give you a path, lay out a path that will work. Because if right now you're thinking, you know what, everything is new because it's a new year, there ain't nothing new. As you've heard me preach before, there's a process that you will need to go through that is painful through the power of the Holy Ghost that will make all things new. Just because it is January 1st, here comes the party pooper. Listen, you need to understand something. I, I actually celebrate to some degree these things. I don't watch the ball drop. I didn't even know last night I was, I was actually putting together this message. I'm a night owl, and suddenly I heard a giant uh, proliferation of fireworks. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Oh, it's midnight. <laughs> I, I, I like these things. And I'll celebrate them. It's like Christmas. Christians who take Christmas to the nth degree are religious people. You're a religious person. You're an unbiblical person if you take it that seriously. It's not in the Bible. It's the same thing with New Year's. It's great and it's fun. And listen, probably nobody celebrates Christmas more than I do. I love it. I have fun with it. But I don't look at it as having deep meaning in my life. And boy, we, we better make sure that we do church stuff for Christmas. I don't do those things because it's not in the Bible. Oh, well, I just believe. Well, I felt led. Those are, those are not biblical statements. Nothing has become new because it's a new year. God can make all things new. And if you think that they are, you're conforming to the pattern of this world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed Transform, go through the process, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody is joining Gold's Gym today, a gym they will never attend. And everybody despises small beginnings. I don't even know if I'll ever get to this message today. This isn't the message, this is all free. Matthew 25, 21, people despise small beginnings. Uh, you know, I'm going to go get in shape. I'm, I'm joining a boot camp. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do, uh, you know, going to run through obstacle courses. And uh, listen, you haven't moved in three decades. Walk out the front door first. Go for a 20-minute walk every day for a couple months, and then go join Gold's Gym. But because it's a worldly, how many, how many resolutions actually work? If you're, if you're resolving, you're wrong already. 
Man, Tom, you are a you you are a Debbie Downer. It's, it's not going to work though. Ninety nine percent of all resolutions are gone before the first ten days of the year expire. What's the point? That's the world system. It doesn't work. It, it never works. You actually have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind through prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, fasting. I see, I actually see a lot of empty chairs today. A lot of people's New Year's resolution must have been, I'm going to skip church on the first. <laughs> it's a great start of, the, of your new year. Hey, Tom, you'll talk about anything. Yeah, I observe. You did a great job worshiping. I was watching. You did a great job worshiping. It might be people that are upset with me over Christmas. I don't know. Don't care. I've, listen, you need to understand something. Whatever is in the word, I am commanded to preach the word instantly, in season, out of season, whether it's popular or not. You preach the word, period. There's people that will discover today in this service or are watching online that they are going to hell. They're going to discover it. They may reject the concept, but they know in their spirit that it's true. They'll discover it. Because I'm not trying to be popular. And, and by the way, I'm not trying to be unpopular. I'm just preaching the word. I'm not trying to offend, but the word will offend. What we're doing at the beginning of this year, it's probably already been, been discussed with you, or you've heard about it, or it was done in the announcements is we're, gonna, we're, we're joining in with Revival Today Church in Pittsburgh, Pastor Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and we're going to do their 21-day fast. Now, let me just tell you this, though. Again, now, a lot of people don't think I'm very pastoral. I think I'm purely you know, correction and evangelical or whatever it may be, but here I'm going to give you some pastoral counsel. If you have never fasted, do not go on a 21-day no-food fast. I'm not. Listen, I've fasted. I, I have fasted many times in my life, but not regularly. So I'm not going on a... Tw Jonathan is 21 days, starting tomorrow, no food until the 22nd, period. He does it every year. He's well-versed in fasting. His wife is well-versed. If, if that's not you, don't do that. Do what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm not despising small beginnings. I'm going, listen, I'm going 6A to 6P. That's the minimum. If you're not going to do that, you're not part of the fast. Simple as that. You can fast on your own, do all those other things, but it's 6A to 6P minimum from the 2nd to the 22nd. That's it. That's the minimum. You're not, listen, I'm just being honest with you. You're not part of it unless you're doing that. Well, I'm really creating my own and I'm partnering with you. <clears throat> you're not creating your own. You're not partnering. That, that's what we're doing. Now, what I'm going to do in the midst of that is do what I usually do, which are some 24-hour fasts, and then I'm going to switch into some 36 and some 48-hour fasts and maybe a 72 in the midst of those 22 days. You do the same as you are led. If you have never fasted before, your goal needs to be 12, 12A to 12P every day. And you need to do this. Why? You see how quiet it is? It's funny. I've been watching Jonathan's podcast on fasting. And he actually has record attendance 
Record viewership watching him. But everybody hates him. People, Christians will post pictures to mock the fast of what they're eating. Well, I don't need to fast. I have the word. The word tells you to fast, dummy. How, how about this kind going that out? But by prayer and fasting. I have never argued about fasting. I just hate fasting. I like to eat. I look forward to eating. I have a Slurpee every day. When I'm fasting, that's gone. You have to push through. I'm somebody I can do without sleep for days. Seriously, I can hardly any sleep. My mood doesn't change. Nothing. I miss a meal. Oof. It's like seething rage underneath me because I missed one meal. So I invite you, go to Revival Today Church and sign up. You're committing to 21 days of minimum 12A to 12P. You can do it. Here's the thing. Now, I want to be totally transparent with you. I pretty much 12A to 12P every day of my life. I'm an intermittent faster myself, not for spiritual reasons, but to keep myself from being on 600-pound life. So oftentimes I eat from basically four to six in the afternoon. I don't eat again until four to six in the afternoon. So 12, 12 hours for me is not hard. That's why I'm going to stretch it. I'm going to start off slow, probably first two, three days. 12, don't hold me in this because it may change one way or the other. 12A to 12P, and then I'm going to go 24. And then 48. So now I, I've never done a 48. I've done a bunch of 24s. I've never done, I've never done a 40. I've never done a 72. My wife has done five to six days, I think is your height. Five days total. Hope, hope, hope fast all the time. That's why she's unchanging. She's stronger spiritually than I am because she fasts. The things that need to go out from, from prayer and fasting, she's done, I haven't. See, everyone thinks I'm hard on them. I'm harder on me than I am on anybody else. I apply all of my preaching first to me, then to you. That's what I do. Now, what does that mean, that God only moves when you fast for certain demons, and there's certain demons or certain situations God can't deal with unless you fast? No, it's that you can't receive from God. It's got nothing to do with, I am now pleasing God, so God is moving. I believe a fast shows you to be more trustworthy to God because you're willing to follow his word, but nothing moves God. He has already moved it's just simply the reception of what he has already done. Boy, just fill this place with your spirit, Lord. It's full. It's a matter of whether or not you can sense it. And how you can sense the spirit of God, hear the voice of God, which is part of the message today, is for you to fast and crucify your flesh. Otherwise, there's going to be situations in your life that require fasting because the word requires fasting. Kenneth Hagin, for the first 20 years of his ministry, fasted 24 hours every Monday and Wednesday. Almost every large ministry on the planet that is worth anything, I stipulate that, because there's lots of large ministries that aren't worth anything, but the ones that are worth something are all fasting during this time. We need to be in one accord with the non-COVID cavers, the non-vaccine cavers. We need to be in one accord. What are we fasting over? 
You need to know. You need to have a specific target. God's a specific God. Look at the construction of the temple. He's a specific God, so you need to have specific goals. What is it? You need to be just in a general sense, and you can get into the specifics. You need to be fasting over your relationship with God. Fast over your ministry. There's not a soul in this room who is not called to minister. Who's not called to ministry. A lot of you are actually miserable because all you do is attend that which you are. So you need to fast over your ministry. Fast over your church. And fast over what I would call our partnership churches, which is Revival Today Church in Pittsburgh and the River Church in Tampa Bay with Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Pray, pray and fast over all of these things Starting tomorrow, you can pray and fast starting today if you want. But starting tomorrow specifically until the 22nd. Amen? I invite you to join in. Now, if you have health issues, do not fast. I had to go to the hospital for a church member because the guy who's a sweet person, he goes on this monstrous fast and he ends up in the hospital. I'm like, dude, the first time you passed out, Drink some freaking Gatorade, dude. I don't get it. I honestly, it, it boggles my mind. If you're sitting there at your desk and what wakes you up is your forehead hitting the desk, the fast is over. But if you do have, I'm telling you right now as your friend, as your pastor, as your brother, do not, if you have health issues, do not, get, do not fast food. Get, get past the health issues and then join and then fast later on. God wants, you, God wants you well, amen? Now I want to bring something to you this morning, really bring something to you into the light of stark reality, and that is this. Stark reality. Many Christians live and preach the opposite. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not just talking about fasting alone now. And I don't mean, and I mean the opposite of the Word of God. And I don't mean a slight variation of the Word of God. I mean the direct polar opposite of the Word of God. They live it and they preach it. Now, what do I mean by that? I put down a couple examples. Whether it's tithing, oh, here's another pastor after my money. What does the word say about tithing? Will a man rob God? Malachi 3, 8 through 11. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. You know what that means? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. But Christians live the opposite. Are you somebody right now who's living the opposite? They live and they actually preach the opposite. That's not a, that is not an old covenant principle. Tithing's not old covenant. Tithing, if you want your finances to change in 2023, you can resolve all you want. If you want them to change in 2023 and you don't tithe, then you are depending on Joe Biden. And here's the thing. I want to be an equal opportunity offender. 
then you're, you're depending on the spineless Republican Party who's never done a daggum thing but bend over. So if you want your finances to change, resolve all you want. Well, this year I resolved to use my credit cards less. They can do nothing for you. Start tithing. If you want, if, if, if you want money to change for you, make it less important. Give at least 10% of it away. That's tithing. And it's an Abrahamic covenant principle, not a principle of the law. You're welcome. People are against tongues. They preach and they teach and they live against speaking in tongues. That's too weird for me. What, is that a Bible verse? Let me see. That's too weird for me. You mean, you mean the God, and I mean Jesus, who made a mud pie and stuck it on a man's face? Who had a donkey come and talk to the prophet to restrain the absurdity of the prophet? Tongues is too weird for you? Well, I'm not Pentecostal. Oh yeah, let's go there again. People will run to religion so fast. That's what bugs me about New Year's. That's what bugs me about Christmas. Christians will always default to religion. Where do you get these stands? Let me just show you this real quick. Because that's just another opposite. You're like, Tom, you're a, you, you're a hellfire and brimstone guy. You preach holiness, so you must be a religious man. No, that's love for God. Love for God is to obey his commands. Religion is man-made stuff, man-made dates, man-made days, man-made festivals. You can have fun with them. What does the word of God say about these things? Let's look. Romans, I didn't know if I was going to preach this or not. I'm going to preach it. Romans 14, 14. I didn't give that to you guys. If you want to scurry it up, you can. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Yet to him who considers it to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So for once, the Bible is actually innocuous about something. It's usually yes or no. But the Bible's like, to him who considers it to be unclean, it's unclean. If somebody just hates Santa Claus, then that, to him it's unclean. But if you want to do Santa Claus, do it. That's how, the, that's how the Bible is when it comes to religious things. Because all of these people, whether it was the Roman church or the Corinthian church, were trapped in religion. They, some people were eating food, sacrificed to idols. Some weren't. The kingdom of heaven is not about eating or drinking. That's where that verse comes from. Romans 14, 17. For righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let no one judge you according to food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. Because the Bible doesn't care about any of those things. That's religion. And people are, people are preached the exact opposite. They're preached that obedience is religion. Obedience is love for God, 1 John 5, 3. John 14, 15, John 15, 14. Love for God is to obey his commands. You're, you're not a liar because you love God. You don't lust because you love God. You don't commit adultery because you love God. You don't cheat on your taxes because you love God. You don't gossip because you love God. Not because you're religious. 
You're religious if you have to have a cross around your neck. Or your collar reversed, so you got a white spot right here so everybody knows you're a minister. You're religious. And people run to that. They default to that. How many, Tom, um, when are we going to be doing communion? How often? I get that all the time. They never come back. How often do you guys do communion? Just so, every, you know, people know, people just so everybody knows. My pastor's Rodney Howard Brown, who does communion every Sunday. I don't. They, they had a New Year's Eve service. I mean, a Christmas Eve service, a Christmas Day service, a New Year's Eve service, a New Year's Day service. I don't do any of those things. That's what he wants to do. And it's great, and, they, and it's awesome what they do. It's great, but I don't feel led that way, so I don't do it. You see what I mean? I just go by what the Word of God and the voice of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, tells me to do. Simple as that. I never default. If I do whatever, if I do everything Pastor Rodney does, then I'm a religious man following a priest-like figure. I don't do that, nor would he ever want that. Nor does he ever call me and say, you're not doing a Christmas Day service. How dare you? He doesn't care. It's what he wants to do. I may, listen, I may do it all next year just for spite. I do things just for spite. I'm going to live to 120 just to spite the world. Be walking in. How old is that guy? Um, he's 97. Really? Man, he looks 54. Yeah. That's right. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone, climbed up a mountain and died. That's how you're supposed to live. Everything else is a rejection. We're taught the opposite. Oh, I'm getting old. Why would you ever say, you know what's supposed to happen with with age? You live to 120 and the button goes off. You turn off. That's what's supposed to happen. Instead, everybody just ushers in being elderly. War against it. Hate it. Some of you, it's already creeping in at work with your coworkers. You're all like in your 40s. Man, I used to be able to do this, and I used to be able to do that. I can't. You can't do it anymore because you chose to, and you put on 60 pounds. Believe me, I know. I've lost the same 40 pounds 40 times. People, of course, like I said earlier, they're against fasting. They're taught the opposite. No, you don't need the fast. You have the word. This kind goeth not up, but by prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, 21. What are you thinking? Paul was launched in fasting. Kenneth Hagin was launched in fasting. Smith Wigglesworth launched in fasting. And now we do the opposite. And what's so funny, I'm stealing this from Jonathan, is who in the world are you? All these other mighty men and women of God launched their ministries, one thousands, healed thousands, maybe millions, they prayed and they fasted. You're doing nothing but reading the latest book from the most compromising preachers on the planet. Some book titled, oh, You're Good As You Are. <laughs> Just sit back. I'm okay. You're okay. It's all good. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And, you know... Let's all just enjoy this life till Jesus comes back. Most of you won't, won't make it because you're living like that, which is unbiblical. Amen. you got to be living a sharp and piercing life, or the odds of you making it are not good. 
No, Tom, you shouldn't preach like that. Tell people that the odds of them making it is not good. The love of most grow cold. That's the Bible. The love of most Christians grows cold, Matthew 24. I have to preach. I know it empties out the church. I know it does. I know there's people who leave all the time because of it. They're leaving for what, though? To give, me, give me the Bible verses. That's all I'm ever asking. If we are in conflict, give me your Bible verses. That's all I ever ask. Period. It's the same thing with what's going on in this country. Show me in the Constitution that what you are doing is correct. Show it to me. This country's a mess. Absolute corrupt mess. $31 trillion in debt because nobody actually follows the Constitution. And for the Christian, we're messes because we don't follow our Constitution, which is more powerful than any Constitution, which is the Bible. And what happens when you become a religious person? You're actually a mindless automaton that can be dictated anything to. Understand, if you, if you will follow, if you just be a religious person, whatever it may be, I picked on Christmas, I picked on New Year's, whatever the religiosity is, well, I feel this way and I feel that way, then anything can be spoon-fed to you and you open your mouth. That's what happened over the last 33 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. We're in month 33. And we are still in a state of emergency. From what? So everyone just opens their mouth like a baby, like a baby chick. If you're religious, that's, that, that you are vulnerable to that. That's why the entire church closed. Statistically speaking, the entire church worldwide closed at the command of the Antichrist spirit. Closed. You have the proliferation of vaccine passports all over the globe, and nobody even recognizes its connection to Revelation 13 and 14. They don't recognize it because they're religious people. And what's so funny is the very people that will call you works-based will justify their Christianity with works. How so? Because they say they're just sweeter than you. Yeah, but we're really sweet in the comments. That's a work. We're very, we're very compassionate. That's a work. We're very accommodating. That's a work. I just live in the Bible. I just preach the word. I'm not trying to win people with my compassion. I win people by preaching the Bible. They're the ones who are works-based. People, listen, the evil inside and outside of the church will always project onto you that which they are. It's like the worrier tries to always get you to worry. It's a projection. That's why, listen, I have, listen, I have no problem with how people live their lives inside their homes, unless they're abusing people inside their home. I have absolutely no problem with it. Now, does like homosexual sin gross me out? Not really, I mean, why? Because once you're a police officer for 25 years, like people freak out about things. Oh my God, look at what's happened. Well, you know when you walk up to a car and a guy just blew his brains out and your heart rate doesn't even go up anymore. That's what it doesn't freak me out that the dog got out. What are we gonna do? I don't, I don't know. Call the dog. 
So does it gross me out that we got whisker-on-whisker crime going on inside of houses? Not especially. Not my cup of tea, not my temptation, but I'm just saying. But why is it that the homosexual community, not all of them, I have gay neighbors, they're not like this, seriously, I do. They're not like this. Why is it that they have, why do they have to have a parade? We don't have a hetero parade, why do we have a homo parade? Why? Because they want to project it onto you. You will accept this. No, I won't. You will. Look at our parade. I don't care. Have all the parades you want. That's why they're making it illegal for you to say the wrong words. They're, they're so bothered by their own immorality, they force you to accept it so they feel better about themselves. Look at our parade. I don't care. I've been down to Key West for Fantasy Fest. I saw it. The pure debauchery of it all, people walking around with only paint on. Listen, let me give you some advice. If you look like me with your shirt off, you need to keep your shirt on, male or female. Paint is not enough. You need some frumpiness. You need some coverage. You need some, you need some looseness there. Why is it people with the absolute worst bodies in the world wear spandex? I wear loose fitting clothes everywhere. But because they are so miserable, they project onto you. They'll only listen, and they will call you a murderer when they're a murderer. Who's the one that's butchering the unborn? Oh, you shouldn't be talking about uh, the, you know, the, the unborn, Tom. That's a controversial political issue. I don't care. I know it causes people to empty the purple seats, which, by the way, sometime in the new year, they won't be purple anymore. We're getting all new chairs. So your butt won't get as sore. These bad, bad boys are worn out. But who's the ones that actually, the people that are telling you you're a murderer because you don't wear an N95? are perfectly happy butchering all the people that are currently wearing N95s before they're born. Who's the murderer? They are. They'll always project on you. Every tyrant, by the way, usurps the word freedom. Every tyrant. I'm trying to give due credit to, her, that, to, uh, to who I heard that statement from. can't remember. But every tyrant usurps that word. Every last one. That's what you're hearing right now. We're, we want everybody to have freedom. Freedom, okay, you want to have freedom so transgenders can be transgenders, gay people can be gay people, whatever it may be. Freedom, but what you're doing is taking away my freedom to make me accommodate their alleged freedom. You have to call them their preferred pronoun or you're going to prison. That will never happen. Already happening in England and every, everything England does, the United States does. We, we, we still have daddy issues in this country. We do. We were born out of England. We have daddy issues. We looked at England. Oh, England's doing it, so we ought to do it. England doesn't exist without us, but yet still we sit there and go, we need to do what England does. 
You already, you don't, you don't use the right pronoun. If you, uh, there was a comedian arrested. Why was he arrested? He made his English bull, I mean his French bulldog in mockery of Hitler do high Hitler. He made his dog go like this. It was hysterical, by the way. It was great. Why can't you make fun of Hitler? He was arrested and criminally charged for it. You need to know what's actually going on in this world so that you can spiritually war against it. Don't live in oblivion. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You need to know what's happening. Canada does the same way in a part of California, one county in California. It's that way. It's like in legislation in Massachusetts and California trying to pass legislation where you butcher your, your, your born child 28 days after he or she is born. Know what's actually happening in your country and stop acting like ignorance is compassion. Well, you know, I just love everybody. You're a coward. You confront, where is that in the Bible? Well, you just love everybody. Where did Jesus ever say that? Then why do we, as Christians, as Christ followers, you're saying we shouldn't love everybody? You should love everybody. But that's not your end-all, end, end be-all doctrine to get out of saying things which need to be said and doing things which ought to be done. Well, you just love everybody. I just don't pay attention to those things. That's why the entire church closed and became a prostitute of the world. You had Francis Collins, the head of the NIH, floating through churches because he claims Christianity, all advocating for people to take this vaccine. There was another young producer at one of the major television channels just died again. Another one. At the World Cup, three reporters just dropped dead. It's happening all over the globe, and you have people advocating for this time, but you're scaring me right now. I'm vaccinated. Well, get up here and receive prayer. God will deliver you. It's not the mark of the beast. God will deliver you. It's groundwork. It's cement being poured for the, for the mark of the beast, but it's not the mark of the beast. But Christians actually live and preach the direct polar opposite of the word of God. You can't lose your salvation. There's, ta- there's, there's chapters in the Bible titled The Great Apostasy. The great falling away. Already, you'll see the lights dim or shut off in the eyes of Christians as I speak about this. Because nothing will violate your religion. Nothing. The word of God will not violate your Calvinism. You will not allow that to happen. You are living and you are preaching the polar opposite of the word of God. The love of most will grow cold. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Depart? And you preach the opposite of depart? Well, you know, I, I come from the Calvinist background. What, what are you doing? Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. The lukewarm spewed out of his mouth, Revelation 3, 15 and 16. And some of you ought to be starkly afraid of these things. Tom, how dare you preach that? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the word fear means stark terror to reverence. The entire, the entire definition. Not just, well, we're just here reverencing God. When you, when you hear that verse, whenever you hear a pastor preach like this, run. 
Run. Get out of the church. I'm not kidding. Well, you know, you know what it means. Is, you know, you're just going to, we reverence the Lord around here. We're not scared of him. He's a good daddy. Get out. Run. Do what people do to me all the time. Walk right out the back door in the middle of their message. I've gotten, I've got little psychological tactics that I use when I see entire families get up and leave now. I'm just like, okay, maybe they're going to the bathroom. It forces me not to say things to them as they're leaving. And sorry, I've been burned a couple times running my mouth up here. But luckily, I'm a master apologizer. Seriously, I blow it. I'm not like a lot of you. A lot of you, you, you wouldn't apologize to Jesus. Hey, listen, you know people that are burning in hell, this is my belief, it's not in the Bible, so you, you literally take it with a giant grain of salt. I don't believe most people in, in hell have given the opportunity to get out. They'd have to admit they were sinners. They wouldn't get out. They're just mad at God. But yeah, but Tom, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. They can't, once God is in your presence, literally, you can't do anything but confess that he is Lord and your knee and you will be on the ground. That doesn't mean they've repented. Jesus was welcomed into Jerusalem with waving palms. And hardly any of them ever got saved. It's a big difference between knowing who God is and actually receiving him as your Lord and as your Savior. Big difference. Christians reject prosperity. Oh, yeah, but you know, Tom, we watch God TV, <laughs> CBN, and you got those abuses going on where the guy's selling Jordan River water with the prayer cloth dipped in it, and they'll mail this to you. The lady's got pink hair today, purple hair tomorrow, pink and purple the next day. They all look weird. They're abusive. Look. Listen, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. Are there not abuses in every area of society? I'm looking around the room right now, and I can name professions from the people that I know. Whether it's lawyers, doctors, police officers, nurses, whatever. Are there not crappy nurses? Listen, I, I was in law enforcement for 25 years in a day, 1992 to 2017. Most every cop I knew was a good guy or a good woman. Most, but were there crappy ones? Well, of course. That doesn't mean it's all discounted because people did, because people went to an extreme and people are money grubbing. Did, does that happen on Christian television? Does that happen in ministries? Absolutely. People money grub. A lot of times they money grub because they're gonna go broke if they don't. And so you, you never hear me money grub because I just trust God. We don't even take an offering. There's a pastor talking about, talking about giving. I don't even take an offering. I don't even have, the, I don't have Aaron set aside a song every week about, give, about giving. I don't even do any of those things. But what about prosperity? You're going to cast it aside? That you have 2 Corinthians 8 9. He, he became poor so that you can become rich? Just like he became sin so you could be sinless? You're going to cast it aside? Let me, give, let me give you this little bit of philosophy. Let me stick on prosperity for just a minute. I'm not even gotten to the message yet. I haven't got to the message. I'll get to it. It's 11:27. I'll get to it at 
Do you know that people who are against prosperity, this is the mentality. Pastors who try to preserve their crowd, they pickle their church. They're not going to do anything to have anybody leave. They're the ones that always hate prosperity. They're the ones that are always criticizing a pastor on a private jet. How dare he be on a private jet? How dare he have a nice car? And again, have there been abuses? Of course. People are people. They abuse. It happens. But like I said about police officers, I say the same thing about pastors. 99% of the pastors I've met are real good people. They really are. But of those same people that are against any measure of prosperity or people living well, they're the same people who try to preserve and pickle their churches. The pie to them is finite. There's only, the pie is only this big. They pickle it. I'm not going to lose my church now, so I better, I'm going to get masks on. You know, I'm going to come up here, and the flute players will all be over here, and we're going to cut little slits in their mask, and they're going to play the flute through their mask. They'll do it. It's a, it's a, it's a communist, socialist mindset, which is demonic. Pickle it. Looking at the pie as finite. Just make the pie bigger. We, it's the same thing if you don't tithe. You're at home. I'm not going to tithe. We're really tight on our finances. You'll stay that way. You've pickled it. Why don't you just increase the size of the pie? If you have a pastor who's jet set, let's use Jonathan, who flies all over the globe on a private jet. Now he, now the very people that are criticizing him win nobody, he wins thousands. They give nothing away. He gives away millions. So even if he kept thousands or kept millions, he's still giving away that which you never gave away. So who does God look at as the stronger believer? And plus, when did criticism become a ministry? You're saying that you shouldn't say, listen, there's times to say things. Saying things about a pastor on a jet or a pastor who's eating at Ruth Chris. Well, that money could go to the poor. You don't give a daggum thing to the poor. That pastor is eating that $50, what do you call the giant bone-in ribeye? Tomahawk? I knew Jeff would know. That guy, that guy eating that tomahawk is feeding the poor. You're not. Because he just increased the pie. You're supposed to be rich and feed the poor. Not one or the other. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That for your sakes, he became poor so that you can become rich. So, but instead, people would rather, well, I'll just criticize. Yeah, because you won't tithe. You don't have any guts. You've been clipped. Somebody, somebody signed you up to neuter you a long time ago, and you don't even know it. You don't have the guts to take spiritual action. So you just criticize. And you think that winning some, in some sort of convoluted fashion, winning a debate accomplishes anything. Accomplishes nothing, and by the way, you didn't win. You're welcome. 
Expand the pie. Don't pickle it. So a couple people, amen, and this. The rest of you, I'll be honest with you, I'm looking at faces that ain't pretty. It's not. You look like you look like you're pickled. Money, money. I'm not after your money. I've told you this before. I don't even have a car. I have to wait for people to come pick me up. My son took my car. My wife has her own car. My daughter has her own car. I got a 2006 CRV that's broke down in the driveway. That's my, I'm after your money. Now, I'm not lacking for anything. I'm certainly not a money grubber. I could justify making five times what I make at this church. And I don't. I make slightly more than I made as a deputy sheriff, as a sergeant with the sheriff's office. Slightly more now than I did then. And I'm after your money. I made $85,000 a year with overtime at the sheriff's office. And I'm after your money. Most, church, most pastors, why do I say this? Because it just takes the pickle look off your face. <laughs> I've been so abused by pastors. Well, stop being abused then. You're only abused because you're a sadomasochist. You like it. You get to proclaim it. I'm abused. I'm a victim. Why don't you stop it? Don't be abused. Stop being a victim. It's like I told you. I can't remember whether it was Christmas Eve or what, or Christmas Eve Eve. I can't remember when I said the things that I said. Many of you, what you're going to have to overcome, and judging from the empty seats this morning, a lot of people haven't, you're going to have to overcome being offended and rejected. You're going to be rejected in this church. It's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to flee to Rodney's church. Good luck. I know that church. You don't. I'm going to move to Pittsburgh. I know that church. You don't. You think I'm mean. You talk to Pastor Rodney one-on-one. You'll, you'll see. You'll love me. <laughs> You're welcome. Don't say no to the things that God says yes to. Don't be a religious person. Many Christians live and preach the opposite, the polar opposite of the Word of God. About 26 minutes to go. Everybody good? It may be camouflaged, that polar opposite may be camouflaged with pseudo-spiritual verbiage like, I believe, I wrote a list down, in my, in my heart I sensed. <laughs> Puke fest. Uh, in my heart I sensed that it was time for us to move on. You know what? I, you know, things haven't been going very well, so we're going we're gonna to pull back. Where's, the, where's that in the Bible? Where's pullback in the Bible? Where's pullback? Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Some of you need to learn that. You don't try it with me because you know I'll just kick you out of the church, but you try it with other people in the church. You kick people out of church? Of course. You're going to be a turd? I don't want turds in here. They smell. Get out. Get out. (laughs) 
does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. Uh, you know, we're going to pull back. Opposite. You're living and you're preaching and you're saying the opposite of the word of God. If you get rejected, get in there and love the person that rejected you. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's what you do. Well, you know, we're going to pull back. Now, I understand there is always a balance. There's always actually a, syn or a legitimate synergistic tension in the word of God. So give not that which is holy unto the dogs. That's what I told you about being abused. If you're being abused and you got, you know, Uncle Fred every year comes to you for a loan that's never been paid back. Well, stop giving him a loan. Still love the guy, but stop giving him a loan. Does everybody see the balance? Pseudo-spiritual words to camouflage living in a polar opposite lifestyle of the word of God. I believe in my heart I sensed. Here's my favorite. I felt led. We were offended. I'm just following my heart. I'm just following my convictions. Somebody told me recently that I preached to follow their convic convictions. I've never preached to anybody to follow your convictions. Ever. You follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Not convictions that are formed in the synapses firing of your mind. Which are nothing more than a fart. <laughs> or a burp, if that makes you feel better. Feelings are nothing more than gas. Nothing. There's times you hold them in. And there's times you let them go. You hear Christians talking about, well, that's my truth. Who are you starting to sound like? Well, it's my truth that I'm a man, but I'm calling myself a woman, so therefore I'm a woman. You're following your truth. Are any of these things, I believe, in my heart I sensed, I felt led, we were offended, I'm just following my heart, that's my truth, I'm following my convictions. Is that the word of God? The word never tells you to follow your heart. So why do you? Why do you follow your heart at all? The heart that's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Why would you do that? Well, no, I was made new in Christ. Your mind has to be renewed. It's a process. It doesn't happen January 1st. Everything's new. No, it's not. I'll use my, my usual verbiage. Everybody wants to move somewhere else. It's there. It'll be a new beginning. You're there. There's nothing new about it. Go ahead and move to a mountain or a beach or to some riverfront or lakefront, whatever it is, you're there. I remember a couple in our church. Yeah, we were up in Tennessee, and everybody's just so nice there. Really? Oh, living in Tennessee makes people nice. Why don't you go to downtown Nashville? Why don't you go to downtown Memphis? 
Everybody's nice there? It's got nothing to do with geographical location. It has to do with culture. It's nothing to do with skin color. It has to do with culture. The Word never tells you to say things like, well, I, in my heart I sensed. The Word does say it tell you to believe, but it never tells you to start off using, verse, using the term, I believe. Well, I believe. Well, I believe. That's not what Jesus did when he argued with the devil. He quoted Deuteronomy. He preached the Word instantly, in season, out of season. Did Paul talk like that? Well, I sensed in my heart. I sensed in my spirit. <laughs> You're like, Tom, where do you hear these things? Just Some of you should never, ever pastor. You can't handle it. You can't. Don't do it unless God has called you to do it. You can't handle it. And by the way, I couldn't handle it. I spent years not handling it well. And you just have to have a nice, firm wall up it says, you know what, I'm not going to let, let people distract me from what God's called me to do. You just keep going. You keep going. You have empty chair Sundays like this one. And by the way, all of you who are here, I love you the most. You know, everybody thinks, everybody thinks, what do most people think pastors care about the most? Most everybody thinks that pastors care about the offering. No, no. Not the ones I know, and I know way more than you do, care about attendance. You know, if you're around pastors a lot, which I am, it's very similar. Is Rocky in here? Rocky, you back there? Rocky. Hey, what does everybody ask you when you go to the gym? How much you do what? How much you bench? Right? Pastors, it's how many people come to your church? Pastors care about how many people were there. That's what they care about. It really is. So am I going to go home today and pout that there's a lot of purple empty chairs? No. But would I like it to be fuller? Of course. Of course. That's what pastors actually care about, just so you know. It's not all, do pastors care about offerings? Yeah, they got a payroll to make. And they want, actually, the reason why I care about offerings is that I know that my church is not growing financially if the offerings are small. That means nobody's listening. By the way, our offerings are fantastic. Oh, fantastic. We have, to, we have to be above the national average. We have to be above the national average. We have to be. We have to be. So if it's not the word, if Paul didn't talk like that, Jesus didn't talk like that, Jesus is the word and the word doesn't talk like that, I felt, I believe, I sensed. And the, the word doesn't talk like that. Jesus, Paul, nobody talks like that then where is that coming from? I felt, I felt in my heart. I sensed in my spirit. Where does that come from? It certainly is not God. We've established that. It's not the Holy Ghost. Let's do number one. It's not the Holy Spirit. I believe, I sensed, I felt led, I'm offended, I follow my truth, I follow my convictions. That's not the Holy Ghost, right? It can't be. Let's look, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, I've quoted this verse 50 times over the last three months. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And you're not, you listen, you are not a spiritual person. You know, a lot of people throw down John 3, 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. 
but cannot tell where it's coming or where it's going. So are those who are led by the Spirit of God. See, we're just led, so we just blow. No, you're a storm carried by a tempest. It has to be biblical truth that you're following. When you got up this morning and you have church as an option, you need to think of this every Sunday morning. Church is an option. What is the truth of the word? Well, you know what? I felt this way. I sense that. I don't feel like. It's not the Bible. The Bible says to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Get your fanny out of the bed and get to church. I don't care if you're bipolar. I don't care if you're depressed. I don't care what your malfunctions are. Get to church. I'm tired. It's not a Bible verse. Life is easy. If it's not a Bible verse, why are you quoting it? 16 minutes to go. Ish. So we know it's not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit only speaks that which he's heard. Here we go, John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. So if it's not something that Jesus said, then why is it part of your vernacular? I'm depressed. I struggle. Is that a Bible verse? Is I struggle a Bible verse? And you need, to, you need to cast down that imagination and that high thing. I'm sick. That's not a Bible verse. It really is that, listen, risk that she'll die. I'm not telling you not to go to doctors or anything else. People won't claim healing because they're afraid they'll be humiliated if they stay sick or die. Well, how humiliated are you if you're dead anyway? Well, man, he claimed he was going to be healed that whole time, and he's dead. Okay, well, he's in heaven. You're still stuck on earth. Who's the loser? Well, my husband is always, always claiming healing, but I don't see any manifestations. What are you, David's wife? You're welcome. That's good preaching right there. <laughs> That's some good preaching right there. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> so we established that those stupid statements are not the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost only preaches the word. The Holy Ghost, now he who searches the hearts, again, a verse that I've used 50 times over the last three months. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. God is looking to answer prayers of the Holy Spirit being spoken through the mouths of believers. You should be a conduit of the Holy Ghost. Not a conduit of carnality. I'm down. I'm broke. I'm having a hard time right now. What's the risk of saying you're not having a hard time, even if you are having a hard time? What's the risk? Well, I might be humiliated. Your pride's going before your very destruction. Why are you worried about being humiliated in front of a bunch of naysayers? The naysayers hung Jesus on a cross. How important is their opinion? I am well. I am prospered. I will win. He's been saying that for years. At least he has a shot, loser. 
You're the perpetual Detroit Lions. <laughs> Mocking Super Bowl champions. You, it goes back to the Jet thing again. You got to say it was the Detroit Lions, and they're mocking the New England Patriots, right, who win Super Bowls all the time. Well, you know, they don't win every year. They say they're going to win every year, but they don't win every year. They've won seven times. You've won nothing, ever. Stop pickling and increase the size of the pie. So what is the source of it? It's not the Holy Ghost. Three things. If you are spouting things and preaching things and living things that are not the word of God, well, I'm, I'm a very strong believer. Well, why does your wife hate you? You're like, what are you talking about, Tom? I know. Where am I? I'm going to mark it in my mind here, right? So I come back to it. I've been doing this a long time. Part of that 25 years in law enforcement, there's a 13-year overlap where I was pastoring this church. That was every Sunday, Tuesday, and whatever else we did every week. I was pastoring this church. I didn't have a weekend for 13 straight years. Nothing. I loved every minute of it. Not every minute, most minutes of it. <laughs> but why, why would your, why does your wife, why does she, why does she hate you? People think that everybody's fooled by their portraits. It all comes back to me. These guys that walk around, and I know you've heard me preach this before, I just can't resist it. They have what I call the Christian conference veneer. They, taught, they, were, <laughs> they learned at a conference to call their wife their bride. There's my bride. There's the love of my life, their puke fest on Facebook. I just want to say today, and I know these people, and I watched them put out their puke fest on Facebook. I just want to say to my wife today on our 11th anniversary that, you know what, she's the greatest, most precious gift that's ever been given to me in my life. She hates you, and I know it. <laughs> and so does everybody else in the church. You look like a galactic idiot. Why would your wife hate you? Because you're unbiblical. Well, I pray and I fast. Yeah, but you're a jerk. What's the point? Fix the jerk first or fast to get rid of being a jerk. What, are you a perfect husband? No, I'm not a jerk though. I apologize. I make things right. On the whole, I live correctly. I don't tear down my wife. And I could say, I could go wife versus husband if I wanted to. I'll do that for a minute. <laughs> you never miss a ladies' conference or a Bible study, but you're a habitual, nonstop dripping. <laughs> Leave the guy alone. You're welcome. I'm just trying to help. Well, how will things get better if I don't habitually tell them to get better? It doesn't work. Read the Bible. Again, habitually telling somebody to get better. Is that a Bible verse? It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. 
It is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop with a brawling woman in a wide house. None of that's written about men. You're welcome. Listen, listen, everybody kisses the butts of women. They don't need their butts kissed any more than men do. Any more than black people do, or Hispanic people do, or white people do. All just sinners saved by grace. Men need to turn off lusting, and women need to turn off their mouths. You're welcome. Here's another thing. I haven't said this for a while, so I'm going to say it now. Stop making each other jump through hoops if you're married. In order to have my best love, you got to do this. A guy wants to be intimate with his wife. In other words, have sex with his wife. I hate the word intimate. It's like a 12-step program the guy's got to go through. (laughs) Words of affirmation. He's got to clean the dishes. And men, open your mouth. Talk to the woman. Shut the screen off. Actually prioritize her. Look her in the eye. Don't just mute the TV. Turn it off and say, what is it that you... Listen, do what I do. Do what I do. In all situations in life, if you're pastoring a church, you're going to deal with weird Christians. You might be one of them. You need to ask God. (laughs) I didn't get to the important part of this message today, which is to hear the voice of God. But you need to learn to hear the voice of God so God can tell you whether you're weird or not. But this is what I do. No matter what, I give people a block of time, I die. Now, if they're an ignoramus, this might be you. And you come out the door, and I'm, I mean, today, low attendance today at the church, I don't know how many people are here, but there'll still be a line of probably 100, 150 people waiting to shake hands and hug and stuff. And you come up to me and say, hey, can I share a story with you? No. I'll let let you do it, but it's for a finite period of time. And then you'll notice me ignoring you. That's what you need. You need to be ignored. That's love for you. Because you're, listen, you're you're so socially inept that you don't understand there's 200 people standing behind you and you're telling me your life story. It's very quick. Hey, Pastor Tom, how's it going? Love you, love you too. God bless you, have a great week. That's what you do. If not, call Heather and I'll talk to you. But what I do is I give people a finite period of time. And what I usually do is go, you know what? I actually will look at my watch. I'll give them five minutes. No, really. And they may be telling me the most boring thing you've ever heard in your life. I'm like, gotcha. I'll do it with little kids to come up to me and talk. With Brinley? Brinley, come up. Listen. Brinley and I don't have a lot in common. <laughs> but she likes to talk, and I will stop what I'm doing because I want her to love me. 
So I'd stop and I'd give her my time. You'll notice me do it with your kids too. I will stop and will listen to what they say. Not the whole day, but I will give them a block of time. Listen, here's the thing. That really is give the person all of who you are for just a couple minutes at least. That's for the men. Women, drop the 12-step program. (laughs) My wife's telling me, stop, stop. If you've been holding out long enough, it's only going to take a couple minutes anyway. like this in any other church. <laughs> They're all too scared. They're scared. I'm not scared. People, people think I'm, I'm running a line of propaganda, that I'll say anything and I'll do anything. As long as I feel compelled of the Lord to do it, I'll lose the building. I'll lose my ministry. I'll do anything God tells me to do. Like Pastor Rodney says, if it costs me everything, I will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That doesn't matter to me. People will come. People will go. I, ha- I will be judged by God. I don't want anybody's blood on my hands. I will speak what's true. Amen. So what's the source then? If it's not the Holy Ghost for these ridiculous statements, it's 1157. Then what's the source? Three sources. Three. It's either carnality, another person, or a devil. If it's not the Holy Ghost, which includes the Word of God, the Father, the Son, and the Word, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Father, Word, and Holy Ghost, if it's not those three, then it's the other three. It's your own carnality, it's another person, or it's a devil. That's it. So what's the response? Once you know it's one of those things, what do you do? Get counsel? Ponder? Cast it down now. If I just spoke to you right now and you know you're the jerk husband or the jerk wife, you don't need counsel. You don't need to ponder. Cast it down now. If you're sinning, cast it down now. If you're compromising, cast it down now. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having it a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6. I'll finish with this. And I'll start from this point next week. Worship team, Aaron, wherever you are, you guys can start making your way. I don't know how long I'll be with this. A couple minutes, maybe. But that way, people at least think there's progress. As the worship team makes its way. But I will finish right here. I'm going to finish with this verse. Psalm 46.10. But listen to the context. Well, 
I don't always know what the word says specific to a situation. Anybody? Anybody but me? I don't know what the word says specific to a situation. That's where we're going to start. We'll get in deep, deeper into this next week. Don't miss it. How many of you want to be able to hear the voice of God? I'm not talking about audible voices. But you can hear the voice of God, whether it's audible or not. Sometimes it's audible, sometimes it's not. Most often it is not. Some people have heard an audible voice of God. But most often it's not. So you need to be able to hear that still, small voice. So you come up with a situation, you're like, well, what, what do I do? It's not specific to the Word of God. Should I lie? Well, it's obvious what the Word says. You don't even need to hear the voice of God. The word, all right, but what about other specific situations? I don't know. I don't always know what the word says about a specific situation. Well, the word tells you what to do when you don't know what the word says. Did everybody hear that? The word tells you what to do when you don't know what the spirit is saying and what the word is saying. And what do you do? Be still. Some of you cannot do it. You'd rather marry your life away than be still and wait for God to tell you whether to marry her or not. Some guys will go join the Marine Corps to avoid a woman. Like, what are you talking? I had a friend of mine. He joined the military because he was afraid to stand up to his fiance. He ran and got, went in the military. He came back and married her anyway. After he ran from her, now they're divorced. Talk about they either never dropped or you got them clipped. Something happened. Stand up to her. Tell her, I don't want to marry you. You're like, Tommy, you would never do that. Boy, you don't know me at all. I'm not marrying you. If you don't know what the word says or what the voice of the spirit is saying in that moment, be honest with yourself and don't start with the, well, I felt, I, I sensed in my spirit. I believe. I felt led. Knock it off. Be still. Don't preach. Don't talk. Don't do. Be still. Wait on the Lord, which means like a waiter. Wait on the Lord. Go wait. Serve the Lord. Be still and know God. Know what does, people like be still and just know God. It's not be still and just know God. You already know God. It's be still and know what God is saying to you. Be still. Be quiet. Don't preach. Don't talk. Don't do. A lot of, a lot of Christians here, you know, I'm done. A lot, of pre, a lot of Christians absolutely continue to speak and they live in complete ignorance. There's no victory. It'd be, again, I'll use this example in closing. It'd be like me giving counsel about dieting. Do you know what I eat? I start my day with candy. Actually, every morning I get up I go out to the hot tub first. I go out to the garage, I open the refrigerator, and I hit, I open a can of Coke. It's the first thing I do, every day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but here's the thing. And then I do my routine, which is elliptical, walking, playing with the dog, whatever. I do all that stuff. And then I come home, and now it's really bad. And let me just say this, don't let me forget, Hope, stay with me. <laughs> she's, looking at her, she's looking at her phone. Don't let me forget where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You guys are the greatest giving church. And listen, there's been lots of forms of Foundation Church. 
You are the great, listen, I got more presents from you this year. And I'm talking about, here's the thing. Last year, I don't know how many people we were. We're, we're, we're slightly bigger than we were last year, not judging by today's attendance. But anyway, we're slightly bigger than we were last year. And I, I mean, I don't, listen, it doesn't really matter to me what I get from the congregation. It really honestly doesn't. But I'm not gonna lie and say I don't like getting presents. <laughs> literally, this I mean literally, I'm using the word literally, literally. I got 15 times the amount of stuff this year than I did last year. I'm talking about candy, I'm talking about presents, money, whatever it may be. 15 times the amount. So now I start off my day with Coke. I do my routine. And then I go in, and basically there's a buffet (laughs) of chocolate. All across our kitchen fills every counter in our kitchen full of chocolate. So then I start on my day. I still haven't eaten anything yet. I'm not eating an egg. I'm not eating, of course, I'm not eating a vegetable. Nothing. I go and I, and I peruse the chocolate. I graze. Hmm. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning at that point. And see, I always wait for my daily phone call from my wife. And she's saying, what do you want me to get you to eat? But before that, I have my pre-meal chocolate fest. I don't know what you want to call it. So here's the thing. I don't... If, I don't talk about my diet with people. Like, hey, you know what? Hey, you want to look like this? What a lot of Christians do. They're like, hey, do you want to be like me? You should be still. And know that he's God. And hear what God is saying to you about you. But by the way, it's not all negative. It's mainly positive. You're a joint heir, you're healed, you're wealthy, you're victorious. And then correction will come in too. Don't despise either one. Love them both. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Stand with me, everybody. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Raise your hands in the air. I'm going to pray over you. As much as I bash the new year, I want to tell you what Pastor Rodney said. This is the year of El Shaddai. Now, he is one of the most, he is... Him and Jonathan are the most reliable prophets, along with Jonathan's uncle, Ted, the most reliable prophets I've ever seen. And Pastor Rodney prophesied this would be the year of El Shaddai. This is how we're closing. We're closing right here. If you need prayer afterwards, we have our prayer teams will meet. They will pray for you in accordance to the word of God right at the side. So if you need prayer, salvation, healing, anything, get that vaccine drawn out of you. I'll pray over that right out there. It'll be a five-second prayer if you need it. This is the year of El Shaddai, which means the year of the God who is more than enough. This is going to be a great, great year for you, for your ministry, for this church, for the River Church, for Revival Today. This is going to be a year that we have broken through the new realms that we have never seen before. Lord, over each and every person in this room, I release, I release the blessings of heaven upon each and every person in this room to the place where this is the greatest year of their lives in every area of their lives. I do this in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' mighty name. And the church shouts, amen. Love you all. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. 
We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.